Hi, this is Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen, hosts of Shooks and Giff, the podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Be sure to check out all of our other great podcasts by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Coming up on episode 54 of Podcast PD, we welcome fellow podcaster and friend of the show, J.P. Presavento, as we talk about the previous school year and we talk about some things going on for us in the 2019-2020 school year. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you will have more fun with Chris Nessie, AJ Bianco, and me, Stacey Lindis. Hello, podcast people. Welcome to Podcast PD. My name is Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by my podcast compadres, AJ Bianco and Stacy Lindas, two fine New Jersey educators. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. AJ, how are you? I am living the dream. No, it's uh, it's June here in the uh, in New Jersey as we record this episode, and that means some people are just counting down the days to the end of the school year here. I don't know who would do that, but people are counting down the days instead of making the days count. We're just counting them down. One by one. The person listening right now is might be the kind of person who is like, me, 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 I'm counting down. Oh, I'm counting down too. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were making the days count. I felt a little um, called out by that. Yeah. So as we record this episode, uh, this is coming to you first on June 19th. So I personally still have seven days of school left. What? I'm not done till June 26th. Oh, my goodness. And that's the last day for teachers. Kids are done on the 25th. I was going to say, you still have school after ISTE. I do. That's crazy. No, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. My son ends on Tuesday, just so you know. And then I finish up on the 21st. My original school calendar for this school year had the students ending on Friday the 21st. And then my last day would have been Monday the 24th, just teachers coming in. Yes, Stacy, your face says it all. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know what's worse, coming back for one day or having school until the twenty. Would you say the twenty seventh? Twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. So when we had the snow days and they extended, I was like, "Good, now I don't feel so bad because the kids got to come back now too." We are joined tonight by J.P. Presavento, who is a former high school English teacher from Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. How some people say it, Missouri. Uh, J.P. currently serves as the Instructional Technology Coordinator, where he develops and presents PD on technology and innovation of instruction. He is also the host and creator of his own podcast, the Bits and Bytes of Education podcast, and he joins us now. Welcome to Podcast PD, JP. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. And I don't want to... Oh, thank you. And I don't want to... Um you know, count or keep track, but in my school district, school has been out since May 23rd. 
Just saying. Oh. <laughs> what in the hell did you just say? I was actually thinking that, but I didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> but don't worry. Chris has a recording of us saying all the silly things. But that's... We started August 14th, but, you know, we still no, got to make it. I think I'll stick with my September to uh, June <laughs> schedule. JP, what's going on? We are starting some summer work over in my home school district in St. Louis. Uh, we are gearing up for what we affectionately call the summer of learning, where we have about 300 teachers come in for about 50 different PD events. So we got that rocking and rolling. And I have some exciting news to share that you guys brought me on to talk a little bit about. I think now might be a good time to talk about. Um, I'll be stepping into a new role as of July 1st. I'll be, as Chris said, you know, if you know me from my show or from any PD I've done around, well, maybe around your neck of the woods, I've been serving as an instructional technology coordinator for the last five years. So I've been building and deploying PD and visiting PLCs and popping into classrooms. And I'm going to be shifting my role a little bit in my homeschool district to uh, the communications and public relations side of things. Now, before we started recording, you sort of told us what that means, but can you explain what that means for somebody who wasn't a part of that conversation? Yeah. So, and maybe for, you know, still me, I'm still kind of learning what that role is. So, you know, I'm leaving the the education side of things. I'm going into, like I said, the public relations world. So I'm going to be the guy that is making the snow day phone calls. I'm going to be the guy behind the social media channels and kind of building our brand and developing our brand and really kind of helping our school tell our story. And that's something that to me is a really big deal because the community I'm in now is the community I actually grew up in. So kind of getting to go through that school system as a kid. Now, um, in this next phase of my career, I get an opportunity to kind of help shape and deliver our message to our community. And that's really exciting. Based on what you just said, that you're in a position where you work where you grew up and went to school. Have you been here in this district for your entire teaching career, even back when you were teaching? Yeah, I actually um, taught at the high school I attended. We have two two high schools in our district. I was the, it's a fun story a little bit. I was actually the first graduating class from Seckman High School. And then five, six years later, I ended up teaching, you know, right in that building with some of my former teachers. And, and now as I've kind of, you know, advanced and I've done the ed tech thing for five years, I got to um, coach and mentor some of my former students as they made their way into the classroom. It's just such a rewarding experience getting to go from being the student to having my former teachers mentor me to getting to a place where I'm helping them and kind of popping into their classroom. Um, and now even working with my own former students as they, you know, step into the field of education. I've, I've often fantasized about that when I was starting out to, you know, go home and, you know, be a part of the culture that I knew and was familiar with. That hasn't worked out to date, but I mean, you never know if that opportunity comes up. I would certainly give it some serious consideration, but at this point I have nothing to consider like that. <laughs> All right. So JP in your new role, you're talking about doing PR and communications and building a brand for your school. And I think, you know, they put the right guy in the right spot for that. I know your podcast will kind of follow along and, and, I'm sure it will be a positive influence for the school. What is your plan for PR and building a new brand at your school? 
we've had a pretty strong brand and getting our, been getting our message out on social media in the past couple of years. One thing that I'm really trying to focus on as I work to tell our story is finding those individual stories of teachers, staff members, students, and get those out on social media. Try to have like a regular presence of featuring those bus drivers, the custodians, the nurses who are really kind of making a difference because, you know, that's such an important part of our school. And I, you know, as often as I remember hearing in my undergrad class, you got to make best friends with the custodian, make best friends with the custodian. They're really an unsung hero. And I think, you know, I'm I'm getting into a position where I have the opportunity to help those folks kind of get out in the public eye a little bit and just let them, you know, get them some shine, so to speak. And so one thing I'm really working on is like today I had up in my Canva, you know, trying to build out some templates of what those posts are going to look like. So I can kind of, you know, every other Thursday or whatever the case may be that we focus on a staff member who's outside the classroom, whether it's a bus driver, a custodian and get a picture of them in the, you know, in their work. If it's a bus driver, get them right in front of that school bus, get a quote about kids and teaching and learning and their role in the school system and just post that all over our social medias and just kind of make those folks feel that, feel that love. That's really awesome. Now, when you talk about like the, the templates and stuff, um, and, and you want to feature staff members, do you have to do anything in this role where like, do teachers need to sign waivers or consent or anything similar to how like students that would have media releases, or are you just free to go around and, you know, take pictures and get quotes and just post, you know, I am going to ask for forgiveness the first time I mess up. And that's, exa- you know, but in, in all honesty, you know, that's, that's, we're going to ask for forgiveness, not permission. But, you know, I think the, the key in that kind of role with when you're working with adults is, you know, just to, it's good digital citizenship, really be cognizant of who you're taking pictures of, make sure they want to be there. And then, you know, that other piece, that political administrative side, make sure they're in good standing with the organization. So that there's someone, you know, you want to make sure you want representing you. And that's 98% of everyone's staff. Now, this role as I'm just going to shorten as a as the PR guy, you know, it, it, it sounds like while there's a lot of opportunity, it, it does at face value look like it's another step removed from student interaction, you know, as the technology coordinator, you're directly working with teachers, which does have an impact on the students. How do you see in this role still being able to connect with students and interact with them and just still keep the kids a part of what you do on a daily basis? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. And it's funny. Um, as we record this today, what's today, like the 12th, um, a couple of days ago, I was doing my first, uh, K 12 PR chat, the K 12 public relations. And the chat was all about customer service. And they were talking about schools and our school system in terms of how we provide customer service to those folks. And it was just so interesting kind of hearing that conversation from, you know, what I'm gathering about the school PR folks is that they're not everyone doesn't come from the same background as I do. There are a lot of folks who are coming from media, a lot of folks who are coming from, you know, other aspects of public relations. But very few of us are coming from the classroom, from that instructional lens. So I think that just coming from that lens, I have a unique opportunity to be in classrooms, to be side by side with kids, to actually know what's going on in that classroom. So I can really help tell the story of those teachers and those kids. And, you know, part of my role, this new role, this hybrid between public relations and instructional technology 
is that I'm going to have the opportunity to go into classes and do some of the media work that I wanted to do, but maybe I didn't have time because I, when I was going into classes, I was helping teachers with things that directly, you know, that supported that new curriculum they're rolling out. But now I see that that way that I can go into classes and do more podcasting and work with more of those media classes that are putting together the the live announcements and the news broadcast. So it just gives me a little bit more flexibility with some of the work I'm doing with classes that I'm not so rigidly tied to all the other work that I was doing in the curriculum department. Well, based on that, I went from being jealous to being really jealous when you get to throw in all the different media formats that are out there now. And man, you're going to get to actually have a lot of fun. And, you know, and that's the hope, you know, there's, you know, there are parts to every gig, you know, there are parts to the instructional technology thing that they're not the most fun part of the job. You know, there's a lot behind the scenes work that, that it's not podcast material that we're going to talk about automating emails and that kind of thing. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work that happens that has to happen. And then there's that fun stuff too. And, and I really think coming from that classroom background, unlike some of the other PR folks, I just have that opportunity to, to get in there and share some of this knowledge that, you know, that I've been building up in, as an internet tech role and that I've been building up doing the podcast thing for just over a year now that can really benefit our teachers and our kids. Would you consider having a podcast with your students? Is that something that that you that you would even have the opportunity to do? Stacy, one of the first conversations I had with our superintendent when we started talking about this job was that I wanted to do a podcast for our district, actually, and figure out how we can use that medium to help te- continue to tell our story a little bit differently and in new ways. Um, we're a bigger district. We have 18 sites, two high schools, four middle schools, and I think that leaves like 11 elementary schools if my math's right. So it's there are some logistical issues um, with getting something like that going at a district level and making sure that there's a quality. So that's something to, that I have to really figure out. But I definitely have this plan of helping to tell our, our district story through podcasts and helping teachers tell their own story through podcasts, too. Yeah, same, especially when a school can start articulating what they're about and the things that are happening and the good and the change and the initiatives and just the accomplishments. You know, I look at all the great things that happen and have happened in my building this year, (laughs) and I wish that there was a better outlet for teachers to share that, you know, like that there was a news camera following around some of those great kids and those great teachers doing the great things that they've been doing all year. And it sounds like you have that opportunity again, because you know what to look for. You have that lens. And I think that the classroom experience that you have really offers you more than just having a sense of what what's going on, but like, like a deep down knowledge of what it means and what it takes to get to where teachers are at when you're in the classroom to take that snapshot or, or, you know, you can champion their cause or do those good things, too, for them. Oh, absolutely. And I think having that context of being a classroom teacher and doing the curriculum work really helps to put helps to put that story and that brand into focus and really kind of bring the learning to the to the forefront. Now, there's obviously a number of tools to do that. So, you know, we're, we're looking at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and here, here a social media platform, there a social media platform. Is there anything that you're looking forward to leveraging to really take advantage of what some of these platforms provide that maybe your district hasn't really utilized to its potential where you can really start to leverage it, I guess? (laughs) 
Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about diving into Instagram. My superintendent, she's all about Instagram right now. Um, she was posting from our um, admin institute today. And that's something that I really want to try and build up. And like, I just have this vision in my head of figuring out how I can maybe get a high school or a middle school student council to do an Instagram takeover for a day. Maybe when there's a big event going on and get the kids posting on our Instagram story and just getting the great things our kids are doing out in the community. Um, you know, there are, there are obviously logistical issues that go along with that and some other considerations that we have to make. And that's the, this is the fake administrator in me coming out, by the way. Um, but I just think that's such an awesome opportunity to get our kids behind and in front of that camera and giving the story through their eyes. What do you think is going to drive some of the inspiration? Because for me, when I think of, you know, PR and telling a story, you know, I, I default to some of the things that I follow on, say, Instagram. So, you know, I see like what the Yankees do or what some of the sports teams do or some of the celebrities that I follow and how they're telling their story. Where do you see some of your inspiration coming from? You know, that's a really good question, Chris. And I'm still trying to put together a lot of that vision. Um, but there's actually, you know, I see a lot of that coming from this new PLN that I'm developing with some of these other PR folks. And there's just so much like I was really surprised how quickly I was able to dive right into that group and get sharing and get connected. You know, I'd been doing this kind of um, and I'm going off topic a little bit, but I'd been, you know, working to develop my PLN with the ed tech community for the last, gosh, I think eight, nine years. And so, you know, I'm taking all that power and pushing into meeting with this new community now. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can kind of bring all those minds together and develop like shared resources, shared ideas, shared inspiration. And so there were, you know, that if I'm over there in Fox doing a thing where kids are doing Instagram takeovers, hopefully five other districts are doing the same thing. So we all say, hey, it's not a random thing. Look at these five districts that are all doing the same kind of thing. So we know it's an above board, legit um, way to tell our story because so many districts are doing it. That's fantastic. Great approach and certainly leveraging what you know and bringing it to this new group that you're, you're going to you're, you're you're adding value to these other people who do this job based on your experience. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's something that I definitely hope I can do. I, I have so like, I have a ridiculous amount to learn when it comes to public relations and just even some of the content creation pieces. But, you know, I'm hoping that in time I'll be able to add to that community as well. So I have two questions for you based on like some of what you're saying. So I understand Twitter totally makes sense when it comes to getting your story out there. And I know um, I have a younger sister. She's 11 and a half years younger, who's a teacher. And she uses Instagram, not necessarily to share out what she's doing in the classroom, but to get inspiration, like you were saying. So what media outlets are you responsible for managing? So right now we have we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have, you know, and outside of the social media, you know, my responsibility is also to develop a relationship with our local media. Um, you know, for us, that looks like there's a county newspaper called The Leader. So, you know, part of my job is to have a strong relationship with our reporter and reporters at The Leader. And I'm one of the things I'm learning pretty quickly is that I'm the liaison for the district's relationship with the newspaper. Uh, so that's a really important piece, too, because, you know, we have people in our community who maybe they don't have kids going to school anymore, but they're still such an important part of that Fox community. And they're getting the message from the newspaper. So we need to make sure we're really cognizant of that. And, you know, 
when they're um, contributing the right things and sending them the press releases so they know the things that are going on in our schools. And so they have ideas, hey, maybe we could cover this Veterans Day event over a second and middle um, instead of covering this other thing that might not give them as much shine. Does part of that translate into writing copy and generating press releases? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, you know, the one thing that, you know, I, I think it's I've been implying to him and saying that this is a one man show kind of operation. Um, so anything that deals with communications with the public relations, it's all it's all my gig. Um, I'm still learning a little bit about a little bit about the idea of, you know, what goes in my press releases and who gets them and where they go and when I actually need to put them together. But that's all that's all part of it, along with the you know, we do the, the big district wide blast. Our platform, that's a tool called School Messenger that sends out the text, the voice and the email. And it's a pretty standard K-12 product. Um, so, you know, doing that and customizing that for each school in our district. So we have, again, that consistent brand, that common message that goes out to all of our community. From what I know from a lot of the kids I work with at Rutgers who are studying communications and I meet a lot of kids who want to go into PR and they're doing PR internships. You're not alone in the education industry of it being a one man job. A lot of the young men and women that I work with, they step into internships or they've gotten jobs now in the last couple of years where even in traditional companies, you know, they're one man, one woman jobs as well. Yeah, and I know, and you know, coming from the ed tech world, also, you know, whereas I know I I have plenty of colleagues in other districts that have teams. I was a one man show with the ed tech world, so it's, that's nothing really new to me. Uh, it's something that that I you know it's and I've been doing the one man show thing for five years, so it's just you know one more way to to grow my skills and and make sure that I'm you know I got the weight on my shoulder and telling that story. What do you think teachers can do to help it help you make it so that it's not a one man show? Like what what are you putting in place or what do you teachers already have in place to help share their own brand and their own message, you know, from the microcosm of their classroom or admin, uh, you know, their buildings and their staff and the good things that are happening? Yeah. So back in the day, five years ago, when I started in the ed tech role, you know, I was really pumping the social media, the Twitter, and I had, a, I got a lot of folks who started sharing their messages on social media. Uh, so, you know, being able to pull those ideas that people are sharing and retweet them out, reshare them out, that's huge. And I've, I've gotten quite a few teachers in the district sharing their story that way. But I think it's really important for me to have like, from a str infrastructure level, I guess, to have a communications kind of liaison in each building that is kind of getting content to me. So, you know, one of my kind of pictures is, or one of my visions is to get, um, I'm going to auto schedule an email to shoot out every two weeks to that liaison, say, with just a Google form link, what's going on, send me any pictures, tell me what I need to know so I can get, get this out to the community. That's really cool. It's almost like being the editor of a newspaper. It's that it's a little bit like that. Yeah. Or like the programming director of, you know, radio or, you know, TV. I'm curious about this word that I don't know. I've, I've said it. I don't know how you feel about it. The word brand. Do you consider the school a, are you building a brand? Can a school be a brand or are you looking at it as just telling the story of your school to the community? You, I guess one would, we'd go about branding our school. Like when I think about having a brand, I think that's all about having a message. So if we have a message that when someone thinks about my school district, when we think about Fox, what, 
what they think of, you know, so that's our brand and someone's going to build that. And either it's going to be us building that brand and telling the story. And again, I think AJ, that those two things really go hand in hand, because if you're telling your story in a purposeful way, it's helping you to build that brand and either we're going to build it or someone's going to build it for us. You know, and that's what I'll, I got to give credit to uh, Bob Dylan, who Chris, I know, you know, um, he he said, and this was probably seven, eight, nine years ago, and it stuck with me and I've stolen it from it and I use it all the time that someone's going to, if you're not going to tell your story, someone else will. Someone is telling that story about your school and it really ought to be you. So whether we call it telling a story or building a brand, it's really, I think, one and the same. And there's going to be someone who knows a lot more about PR than I do who's going to correct me on this. But it, I really feel like it's one and the same because that story helps to reinforce that brand of who you are. Who are we as a district? Who are we as a community? I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Uh, don't, I'm not correcting you, but I, I do see it as two separate things. And the example that comes to mind, you know, when, when you say school and branding, the the first thing that yeah, I know, words are hard. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind in education is you know, Joe Sanfilippo. Mm-hmm. That's why I was asking about the podcast. To me, that and what, I mean, Joe does a great job. Don't get me wrong, but that's branding other than, and I'm going to come I'm going to sound critical. I don't know what his district is about other than he's the face of it and it's go crickets. But what do any of us really know about what goes on there? You know? So I think it takes a two minute, very walk effective. Br- it's, Right. But it's very effective branding. And he tells the story. But it, I think the way you described it as branding and storytelling, I think he's really and people who do what he does. It's more the branding piece, you know, the merch, the swag. And I'm not saying he's a bad storyteller, but I don't think of the story. I think of go crickets it's green it's white it's it's everywhere yeah that's a that's a really good point and i think you know you're you're pointing out that i'm new at this kind of thing too um which is totally okay because i am i i don't mean i don't mean it in oh, a bad no, way. i totally know you don't but when i see like <laughs> i i think when i see that you know for me our like the story i'm trying to tell is that we you know we care about your kids we're gonna give your kids back to you at the end of the year a little bit better than we got them. And if our brand is caring about kids at the same time, you know, it's, I feel like there's so much cohesion to go along with that. And it just depends on, you know, I think every organization does that a little bit differently. I think we do it a little bit different than Joe does it up, up in go cricketville. Um, but yeah, it's just, I like that. Go cricketville. You. <laughs> you know, if I worked for him, maybe we'd, we'd coin it a little bit differently, <clears throat> but you know, we, we have a, our community is a little bit different because we don't have that one mascot that we can get behind because we, you know, we have, we're a big district, 18 sites, two high schools. Um, so we have to look at that a little bit differently. Along those same lines, are you, and, and I guess this would be if you're, again, you're the one man team. Do you think as you get into this role, is it important to you for your district story to be known outside of the community or to have your community really understand what's going on in the district? You know, as, as I kind of get going in this, I really think right now the most important thing is inside of our community. 
Um, you know, cause we've had, we've had some shifting going on lately in the community and we had a bond issue that didn't really, it was close, but it didn't quite go our way. Um, so we really want to kind of rebuild and remind our community who we are and what we're about. I think the idea of, of growing past our community, of letting other folks know who we are, what we're about, that's what some of my teachers are doing as they're going out and presenting at conferences and being present on the egg camp scene and leading that learning past their classroom, past their library, um, inviting folks from other school districts in. I think that's when we're kind of telling our story past our community. But I think my lens right now is really focused on what's going on inside of our school community. No, that's good. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the idea of, you know, the bond, which gets into the money aspect. And, you know, I've, I've been saying for a number of years that when you tell your district story, it's a great marketing tool for your community. You know, if the community understands all of the great programs and all the value that kids get from the resources, then I think that makes it really tough for people to then at some point say, no, I'm going to reject the money or where the tax dollars are going. So the more effective you are at telling the story to that local community, the more likely it is that you can find that those financial windfalls, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at least one would hope <laughs> now in, in what you've been doing JP, just to shift gears a little bit. Again, we mentioned the, uh, the podcast you've been doing for over a year now, the bits and bites of education. How does your new role Will it have an impact on what you're doing with your own podcast? You know, that's a good question. Um, I actually just recorded an episode the other day with a good friend and colleague of mine. Um, and I think and we were talking about that on the podcast, which I guess by the time this airs, that will have dropped. Um I think that the bits and bytes of education is going to remain the bits and bytes of education. I'm still going to have that focus on teaching and learning on ed tech because that's a passion of mine. That's still, you know, it's a still a part of my job. Um, and I'm still going to try and put that out, you know, two times a month, every three weeks. But, and that's been a great opportunity for me to learn. But in addition to that, you know, I'm really hoping that as part of my learning in this new role is going to be that I'm going to start another podcast that's going to give me an excuse to talk to some of the people who are doing great things in school PR. Um, and, you know, if I can build something that gives me the opportunity to say, hey, I'm, I have a podcast. Why don't you come on and talk to me? I can ask all the questions that I need to know the answers to anyway. And then it's benefiting me and a larger audience. I think that's just a win all the way around. And it helps me invest in that school PR community. Well, that's a huge W right there. <laughs> that that's and, and, and again, I say that one knowing we, you and I have talked about this a little bit in the last couple of weeks. So I, I think that that is fantastic as as a podcaster. It, it's super niche. There's a community there that can benefit from those conversations and like you and I, and we're all doing already we're we do it for us. And then we just so happen to share that learning with other people. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and for me, that's just, I, I feel like that can be just part of my journey as I, you know, learn and learn about this new field. And like I said, it's just a, it's a way for me to talk to the people that I, I really need to be talking to anyway. And this is just one more reason for them to want to have a conversation with me, this new guy to school PR. So JP, Thank you for taking some time to talk about your new role and talking about PR. Uh, we certainly love to invite you back and talk more about what you do as a podcast. And because we like to geek out about that here on podcast PD, uh, before we talk about, would you be willing to stick around for a minute and share a podcast recommendation with us? 
Yeah. So first of all, I'd love to come back. This is a great conversation. I'm excited to be on the show with you guys. And I happen to have a podcast recommendation for you. It's almost like you're a listener. It's almost like I've heard the show a few times. Well, then you're the guest. We're going to change it up. Why don't you go first? Awesome. So my podcast recommendation, you know, you guys just did episode 50 a couple weeks ago where you had folks call in with their podcasts. I missed the deadline, so it's really convenient that I'm on the show today to share my all-time favorite, well, maybe not all-time favorite, but one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is a little show called Reply All. Reply All is made by Gimlet Media, and it's really, it's a super fun show. It's all about internet culture. Um, They have a couple different formats that they use. One of my favorites is when they have this segment called Super Tech Support. And the hosts, PJ and Alex, they will dive into an internet problem that no, literally no one can solve. They will invest their lives in it and try and solve it. A great episode to start with is actually episode 130 called The Snapchat Thief, where this girl's um, Snapchat login got taken from her. Um, all of her contacts were gone, and they really dove into that problem, and they, I, they went down lots and lots of rabbit holes to get that thing solved. Um, but Reply All is just a great show to listen to. Episode 130, The Snapchat Thief, is a great place to start. Well, that sounds fantastic and uh, a great place to start. We're going to add that to the show notes. Now, JP, normally our, our guest does stay through, but we do know that you have some business to attend to. So before we let you go, uh, how can people connect with you, social media, website, connect with the podcast? Please share that with our audience. Yeah, definitely. You can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram at JP Prez. That's at JP P-R-E-Z-Z. Uh, you can connect with the podcast, the bits and bytes of education over at jpprez.com. That's jpprezz.com. And would you mind if I gave one super quick plug for something I got going on in at ISTE? I was going to ask you if you're going to ISTE. Away. Yeah, I'm going to be at ISTE. Um, I actually have another podcast called the EdTech Pod Squad. It's myself and four other technology leaders from Missouri. And we are going to be doing two sessions at ISTE. Um, one is going to be a poster session Monday at 2. And it's all around building collaborative content with podcasts. Where we're going to talk a little bit about the EdTech Pod Squad, what it is, how we put the show together. And then Tuesday at 3.15, we are going to be doing, they're calling it a panel session. This could be half live podcast and half here's how we do the show. So if you're going to be in Philadelphia after you enjoy your cheesesteaks on Sunday, come hang out with me in the EdTech Pod Squad Monday and Tuesday. I'm more excited that you're going to come to the cheesesteak meetup. Look at that. Nice. Well, JP, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I look forward to chatting again soon. So that was fun, guys. That was awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing what he's going to come back with when we have him on later later next year. I don't even know how you want to, how you want to say this. In the future. In the future. Yes, there we go. That's what we'll say in podcasting world. I'm excited to, to hear what he does, whether or not he creates his podcast, and where he's going with the PR, branding, storytelling of his, of his school and district. I, I think it's going to be a nice journey to see and... Certainly, whatever content he creates is going to be top flight. He's he's a good guy. Thanks, JP. All right, we got some recommendations to give out ourselves. Take it away, Stacy. Um, you guys know what a political junkie I am, and um, the primary debates take place 
next week or as you're listening, um, the day it's released, the day this show is released and the day after. And I beg you to listen to Primary Ride Home to get some insight on the candidates that will be gracing the stage to share their insights, their thoughts and ideas for the future of the nation um, and how they plan to take on Donald Trump or lose to Donald Trump. Again, politics aside, it's just a really good way to keep yourself informed. So I highly recommend the primary ride home. And it's a good way to do a little bit of homework before the debates next week. I've been enjoying it. I've also been enjoying Tech Meme Ride Home. The uh, the weekend bonus episodes have been enjoyable that, that Brian's been doing. So mm-hmm. as always, thank you for getting me turned on to that podcast, Stacey. I really, really enjoy that every day. You're welcome. I really like it. My husband even likes it. He's And he's kind of excited that it's a different way to um, hear about the candidates you always hear about, but then also some of the lesser known candidates because he's been spotlighting them this week. So, um, and when I say this week, I mean the week of the um, 10th through the 14th. So go to yeah, that. It's not week so easy week. to talk about the future while you're in the past, huh? It is, huh? All right. <laughs> so yeah, the week of the 10th, through the 14th, he's had a couple of um, some really nice sound bites from a political event that took place um, the weekend of the 11th. And, and no, that's not how it works. Yeah, the 8th and the 9th or something. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. The past. Hey, Jay, what have you been listening to? Is this the time to say this? Like, can I say this now? Is this okay? Yeah. I'm saying. So, um, we spoke about transitions with JP before, and uh, I'll be experiencing a transition of myself in my job, and uh, I'll be taking over a new role in a new district starting actually July 1st. So whenever what? you listen to this, yeah, yeah I, will, <laughs> I will be the supervisor of instruction and technology for the East Rutherford School District here in New Jersey, and I'll uh, be tackling that role. Hot, hot take right there, everybody. There it is. So uh, I'm very excited to start this and, you know, just kind of digging into this idea of leadership as I've kind of been expressing quite often lately. Uh, I've been looking for uh, some ideas for being a leader, you know, and I kind of look at leadership and I think about, you know, those people who are the loudest ones. All right. So my recommendation is from a show favorite and that's The Art of Manliness. And it's episode 325, and it's just called Leading Quietly. And I came across the episode because as I was kind of digging into leadership ideas, you know, when we think about leaders, we think about those guys that are that are loud, the ones who you know. Uh, and I'm going to give you the, the rundown of this episode, which I thought, you know, when I read this, this is why I listened to this episode. So when we think of being a good leader, we often think we need to be a bold, visionary, risk-taking type like Winston Churchill, Theodore Roosevelt, or Steve Jobs. Uh, in this episode, again, Art of Manliness, number 325, Joseph Badaracco argues that most of the day-to-day work that makes the world function is done by individuals who stand outside the limelight and lead with calm confidence. Uh, so Joseph Badaracco is the author of the book Leading Quietly, an unorthodox guide to doing the right thing. And I think this episode is great. It really talks about uh, why most leadership development books uh, focus on that loud, heroic type leader when actually it's the opposite who becomes very successful. And I look at myself as an athlete. I find myself very loud. and I I feel like I'm the guy on the field where everybody's like, oh, there's that guy again. But when it comes to other type of leadership, I'm kind of guiding other people and pushing them to go forward. 
So I was very curious, like why that why that is. So this episode was really cool, and I actually listened to this and put the book in my Amazon cart, and I can't wait to see if I can grab it. I'll check the library first, but I'm very excited to to, uh, to read that after hearing what I heard from this episode. I loosely remember this episode, and in, in you talking about it, it makes me remember why I wanted to remember it. Is use it with the leadership course that I teach, and what you shared in terms of this quiet leading, leading quietly as the title says, that that jives with what I think is important in leadership. It's not about your title if you've got a title. You know, we need more just good people in the world who, and I know I borrow this from, you know, Simon Sinek, you know, looking to our left and our right and being truly servants of the people around us. You know, not so much looking what can I get from somebody else and what can I take, 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 but what can I give to other people? And I know Simon talks about, you know, when you go into a bookstore, there's no help others section of books. It's, you know, how can I help myself? But if we turn to, again, our left and our right and look to help other people and be truly vested and invested in the emotions of other people, be more empathetic towards others and, you know, sympathetic, you know, one, the world would be a better place, but we'd also have better leaders and better work environments and just better relationships with people. And that's, that's what leadership is all about. And, you know, as you go into this, you know, you don't need me to tell you that you're going to be successful because you've got these unspoken leadership qualities that, you know, don't show up on a resume. You've got these intangibles. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, we think of, you know, leadership types. I think we think servant leadership as like the number one type of leadership these days. You know, I think if you're being a servant leader, you're not the one who's out in front. You're the one who's kind of leading from the behind. And uh, I recently saw an image online. It was a picture of a wolf pack. Yep. I, I, and it talked about. Have you seen this? I've seen this one. I knew what you were going to say as soon as you said it. As soon as you said image, I knew exactly the one. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so, uh, no, I was going to say. So there's this images of, you know, this pack of wolves and it describes each wolf in this pack and how, you know, I guess traditionally the wolves in the front of the pack they would be the oldest wolves and they set the pace and they talk about the wolves in the middle, but ultimately the actual pack leaders are in the back making sure that everybody is in front of them and they can develop and push people where, and it's not so much follow me. We know the way it's, you, you understand what I'm saying, but maybe you can clarify what I'm missing. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're right on track. I think that the different groups of, of, of leadership is shown right there. Those from the front who are making sure the course you know, it is steady and they've done this before. And then you have the middle who are kind of like following and finding their footsteps. And in the back are those pushing people forward to continue and, and, and not to stop, not to quit, not to get lost. Well, I don't have a podcast recommendation. I will share something I learned recently that relates to podcasts, which is the original thing I was going to share. So here we are anyway. Uh, and that's Apple podcasts is changing. Uh, iTunes is going away it will die a slow death as apple announced uh, a couple of weeks ago at their wwdc so itunes is going away on the mac platform and they're going to break it out into a music app apple podcast app and a tv app um, but in terms of podcasting they're changing the categories and while they've added some new categories for podcasts they also took away a number of them and something that actually concerns me not that i can do anything about it 
under education, they're eliminating the K-12 podcast category. They're eliminating the education technology category and the higher education podcast category, amongst others throughout the different main topics. Um, And I don't have the graphic in front of me, but I'm a little concerned with how this podcast will be categorized in Apple Podcasts because I've seen what the new categories are, and I'm not sure, A, how this podcast will fit in, and B, how the House of Ed Tech will fit in because there's no education technology category. And so that's out there. So for people who are currently creating podcasts, uh, please reach out. Let let uh, let me know. Let us know your thoughts on the new categories because I consider myself to be in tune with the podcast creation world. And I'm sort of puzzled right now. So there's still some stuff to learn and some decisions to be made. But that's what I'll share. So what are the new categories going to be? I, I'm I'm familiar with them doing away with some of the things they're doing away with. I just didn't realize what these new categories were. So the categories, and I'll just speak to education. So the ones that have been removed are education technology, higher ed, K-12, language courses, and training, which are the only categories that exist as we're talking about it. Mm. The new education category, so it'll be like top-level education. Below that will be courses, how-to, and self-improvement. That's it. So I'm, I'm going to guess, if I had to guess, but I don't know anything, I'm going to guess this will be placed in self-improvement. Along with every other motivational right. podcast exactly. out there. Right, right. So it's going really to get very crowded. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of puzzled by it. You know, I mean, so for example, some new categories. So there's going to be a new top-level category of fiction with comedy fiction, drama, and science fiction. Um, They removed the games and hobbies category completely, and it's been renamed to leisure, and then leisure is all new subcategories. You know, they, they actually got rid of the category under technology about podcasts, and from people I talk to, they speculate they've removed that because so many people who don't quite understand what they're creating as a podcast just categorize their podcast under the podcast category when that really would be for podcasts about podcasting. Um, but like there's some new, they renamed news and politics to just news. And then they broke that out to like business news, daily news, entertainment news, news, commentary, politics, sports news, tech news. I don't know that house of ed tech fits under tech news. I'm not going to compete with, you know, twit and some of the other major tech podcasts out there. So at right now, if, you know, if you put a gun to my head, House of Ed Tech would move under education, how to. And I, I like what you guys said, that this would probably go under self-improvement under education. I, I'm only assuming, But either right? way, I mean, for, for you who's listening right now, you're subscribed. This doesn't affect you. It just, it'll impact us in terms of discoverability once the categories in Apple Podcasts change. So I guess one thing I could say is, you listen to this show, you like this podcast, word of mouth is going to become even more valuable to help get our podcast in front of people who will also find it valuable. So start spreading the word people. Looks like we better build our brand. So before we get out of here, um, we, we don't have any feedback. If, if you enjoy the show, we would love to get an email from you. Feedback at podcastpd.com. Obviously connect with all of us on social media and we'll give that information out in our closing. 
Um, but yeah, we want to hear from you. Uh, AJ, what do we got going on this summer? Just so people can hear it again, if they missed it last time or they have not yet taken action. Yeah, we are going to rock out with our summer podcast, uh, Voxer group podcast, PD Voxer group. So please, we're going to tackle eight podcasts throughout eight weeks of the summer. Uh, and the goal again is to learn together and to communicate and, and kind of find those podcasts that interest us. So basically what we're going to do is like we did last summer, give a recommendation, ask a couple of questions and get your feedback on the podcast and then hear from you about your favorite podcast. So it's not just the three of us talking at you guys. It's you guys talking to us and talking to each other and we're really looking to build that community. So if you haven't, please join our Voxer group. You can reach out to me, Chris or Stacy. Uh, and we can get you in there on, on Voxer, on the Voxer, the Voxer, the Voxer. Very nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. We had a great time last summer. So that group is still there. So we're just going to add to it. So if you're already in the group, there's no new group. We're just going to keep going with the group we got. And, uh, my, my only announcement before Stacy takes out her magic wand, uh, is again, as you listen to this coming up on Sunday, June 23rd, see, now I'm talking about something that didn't happen yet. Uh, Stacy, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so coming up on Sunday, June 23rd, if you're going to be in Philly for ISTE, uh, come out to Pat's King of Steaks at 6 p.m. and join us for the Education Podcast Network Podcast PD meetup. If you're wearing a Podcast PD t-shirt, uh, I will buy your cheesesteak. So there's still time to, to get that in theory, or you should really have it already. Uh, so head over to our website, podcastpd.com, pick up some swag, and uh, we look forward to meeting you and also connecting with people like JP who will be there. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on ChrisNessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at IronTech. And I blog at IronTech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague. And if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more great education podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.